Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Warm yourself with some celebration now. You are the covenant-keeping God. You are the covenant-keeping God. And that covenant-keeping God said, He will never leave us, neither will He forsake us. He said, The sun will not smite us. The moon it will not be able to harm us. He said, Even when the flood shall sweep, there is a sure hope in God that is our uncle, and so we will never be swept away. So I will never be swept away. So I will never be destroyed. So I will never be harmed. Because my God is faithful and it's a covenant keeper. Come on, celebrate a God that you serve one more time. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand wherever you ask your Father. So in the name of Jesus, I declare my heart is open, my mind is ready to receive with humility your word that is able to change my life. Say, I'll be blessed by your word. I'll be transformed by your word, I'll be elevated by your word, and my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, somebody shall be amen. Hallelujah. We give God all the praise, we give him all the glory tonight. Amen and amen. Today there's a mass concentration of people to my right hand. And it is because I, I seem to often move there a lot. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Can you take your seat in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. Give a clap offering to Jesus in your name. Glory to Jesus. I said give a clap offering. That's only one person heard me. Hallelujah. We give God all the praise. We give Him all the glory. Amen and amen. Are we feeling cold? Uh? <laughs> no, so yes. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. The shadow is looking very ominous. <laughs> amen and amen. We give God all the praise. We give Him all the glory. So, is that you are feeling cold? You are, is, are you feeling cold? No. <laughs> it is powerful. Alright. Now, which area do you feel least, least cold in this room? Uh, where? This side, eh? So if it will disturb you, I would like you to move to that side. Amen and amen. Because tonight I want everybody to follow me and flow with me. Glory to Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, uh, okay, is that why there's a mass? Uh, <laughs> but really, <laughs> you say you want to go to a retreat. Uh, you want to go to a retreat, you cannot even start the air condition. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate our Queen as she is. 
tonight I'm sure that the anointing of uh, financial breakthrough ah. <laughs> surely be released upon my life. In the name of Jesus. Come, I told you he's here to preach. Stand ready. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Father, we are grateful to you. Visit us by the power of your word. Unveil truth to us that will establish us in your divine provisions and let our lives never be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout a big amen. Yesterday we were talking about kingdom prosperity. We were talking about kingdom prosperity and uh, even after last night, that is somewhere today as I was just praying and preparing uh, towards today, I in a way felt as though I still hadn't done much justice to that topic. Glory to Jesus Christ. That uh, for us to understand kingdom prosperity, one of the objectives is to know that we belong to a kingdom and that the kingdom is not a poor kingdom, the kingdom is a prosperous kingdom. The kingdom is a prosperous kingdom. When we talk about the God's kingdom, it is not a, a kingdom that is associated with poverty. If I were studying the book of Revelations, the Bible says that in that kingdom we are going to walk upon seeds of gold. Gold is something valuable that many people are killing and dying for, even in this world. But in the kingdom of God, in the king, in God's eternal kingdom, it is going to be a kingdom that is that will be walking upon streets of gold, telling you about the level of prosperity of that kingdom. In fact, when you study further in the in the book of Revelations, when the Bible talks about the eternal city, the eternal Jerusalem, the foundations of those cities were from precious minerals, precious stones, some of which we are not yet even discovered in our time. So the foundation of our kingdom is one of prosperity. The Bible tells us in the book of Philippians chapter number 4, the verse number 19, I'm just concluding yesterday's message, so I'll be moving very fast over here. The Bible says that Paul told the Philippian church that my God shall supply all your needs according to what? His riches in glory. So even that God has something known as His glorious riches. Are you understanding me? So there's a, a certain receptacle, a certain reservoir, a certain treasury of God that is known as the riches of His glory from where He supplies every human being and every, 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 everybody and everybody, everyone He wants to prosper. If I go within the book in the uh, month of January, I'll be talking about the, that next year. My message is going to center on God's supply system. And I'm going to let you go into the scriptures with you on how God actually supplies His needs. The needs of His children. Glory to Jesus. So, we belong to a kingdom. And that kingdom is a prosperous kingdom. When you study the book of Psalms, the Bible says that he opens his hands hands, uh, and all of his creations, they receive their meat and they eat and they are satisfied. God does not give in bits. He gives in abundance. He gives in abundance. And so we need to understand that our kingdom that we are coming from is not a poor kingdom. It's not a weak kingdom. In the book of Hosea, uh, uh, Joel, is it? Glory to Jesus Christ. Haggai. Haggai chapter number 2. The Bible tells us about the glory of the latter house being greater than the former. And just on, on the, uh, just the scripture before that, I think Haggai chapter number 2, you read from the verse number 8, verse number 9. He tells us that the silver is his, the gold is his. And then he speaks about glory. Now, when you study the original meaning of the word glory, you realize that one of the definitions of glory is wealth. 
It's abundance. It's financial capacity. So when he spoke about the glory of the latter temple being greater than the former, he was not just talking about it in terms of beauty, but he was talking about the wealth of the temple. The wealth of the temple in ancient Israel, the strength of Israel was in Jerusalem, and the strength of Jerusalem was in the house of God. So when we talk about the prosperity of Israel, we often talk about the prosperity in the house of God, in the temple of God. So when their enemies came attacking them, one of the places that they go and attack is the house of God, because that is where the gold is kept, that is where the silver is kept, that is where everything that is precious in the kingdom of of Israel, in the, in the nation of Israel, it was kept in the house of God. So when he spoke about the glory of the latter temple, even though he did not say that the glory of Israel, he was actually referring to the glory of the people. Are we together? And he's telling us that, let's look at the verse number 8. The verse number 8 again. Let's look at the verse number 8. Look, he said, the silver is what? Mine. And the gold is mine, says the Lord. That means that anybody who is wearing silver over here, you, you are, you are, what belongs to God. Anybody who has gold over here, it belongs to all, uh, the, 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 the mighty bank of God. Are we together? In the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 28, the verse number 12, the Bible tells us that God has something known as a treasure house, an armory, a storeroom, and that is like a banking, a, a, a bank where he, he releases supply for his children. He said that and the Lord will open unto you his good treasure. Other versions say that his good treasury, the heavens to give the rain to your land in each season, and bless all the work of your hands. So there is a place that God supplies from. God is never in lack. I said God is never in lack. I said God is never in lack. And this is the king of the kingdom that we belong to. This is the Lord, the master, the supreme being of the kingdom that we belong to. Glory to Jesus Christ. And so this is why we speak about kingdom prosperity. And yesterday I shared with you that there are different kinds of wealth in this world. There's worldly wealth and then there's kingdom or covenant wealth. And the kingdom wealth or kingdom prosperity, if you like, is actually based on certain principles. God wants every one of us to get these principles so that he will change our finances. Psalm 35, the verse number 27, one of the last scriptures we ended uh, yesterday with, that is going to be my starting point for today. Psalm 35, the verse number 27, he said, let them shout for joy and be glad. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Who has, who favors my righteous cause? Glory to Jesus Christ. Meaning not everybody favors the cause of God. Not everybody stands for God. But the Bible is saying that God is speaking to certain people. For instance, there are people, some of you do, do everything possible. Make every effort to be in the house of God. Make every effort to come and make sure that church goes on well. You are favoring the righteous cause of God. Not everybody is like that. There are some people, they don't even care whether church are arranged in the church or not. There are some people who don't even want us to have church at all. So there are a category of people whom God says that they should shout for joy and be glad. They are those who favor His righteous cause. And then He tells us something over here. Let them continually say that the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. 
So it is the servants of God who favor the righteous cause of God. Is there anybody who, who favors the righteous cause of God over here? Is there anybody who is a supporter of God? Is there anybody who is behind the agenda of God? Well, this scripture is for you. You are one of those servants of God. And the Bible says that he delights. He takes pleasure. He enjoys it when you do well. And so for me, the reason I'm here tonight is to see the fulfillment of this scripture in, our, in my life and in the, the lives of everyone gathered over here. Are we together? God wants to see us prosper. He doesn't want us in lack. He doesn't, he, he doesn't want to see us begging. He wants us to do very well. Lift up your right hand and say, I am doing very well. So he makes available to us a system of supply. In the supply system of God, I realize that there are two dimensions or two levels of access to the supply of God. Number one is a just enough level. Just enough level. And then number two is a more than you can carry or more than enough level. Now, in an just enough level, God provides what, you, what, what is enough to sustain your dignity. At least the clothes that you wear, the shoes that you wear, the food that you eat, what will sustain your dignity? That is what uh, the psalmist that give us, uh, the, 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 uh, Jesus taught in that, uh, in, uh, the prayer, Matthew chapter number says, Give us this day what? Our daily bread. Our daily bread. Give us our daily bread. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He supplies my every need. Why? Because it's my shepherd. So he supplies to me. So the just enough level is God making sure that you are okay. You are alive. You are able to get enough food to eat and so that you'll be able to sleep and wake up every day. Enough supplies just to maintain your dignity. This is often access through prayer. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The man began to make some declarative prayers about how God is able to lay table before me in the presence of his enemies. He spoke about God supplying his need. Why? Because God was a shepherd. So prayer, you are able to access God's intervention. God can provide a supernatural something uh, that will sustain you. And then through hard work, the Bible says that for, to every labor there is profit. So when you are laboring, God makes sure that you get what is enough for you so that you are at least get a reward for your labor. In the just enough level, you see somebody uh, in the Bible who operated under what I call a curse. For me, the just enough level is not good enough. It's not good enough because it is akin to the curse that came upon Esau. In the book of Genesis chapter number 27, you read the verse number 39 to the verse number 40. Can we look at it from the message version of the Holy Bible? Now this was just after Jacob, his brother had come to steal his blessings. His father Isaac had told Esau that Esau, you are my firstborn and you are my beloved son. It looks as though I am soon to be gathered unto my fathers. Go and get game, which is go hunting and get meat, bush meat. Hallelujah. The man likes bush meat. I don't know if there is a biblical man who likes bush meat and you are here, you don't like bush meat. Every day is about chicken and then about turkey and other things. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, the Bible said that when he went, he delayed. He said, let me eat and let me be full and let my soul what bless you. Now, his, the Bible tells us that between himself and his wife, his wife favored Jacob, the younger son, while him, uh, Isaac, he favored uh, Esau. So the Bible says that his wife, Rebecca, why the Rebecca is over here? Rebecca had it, 
and she was not happy with the information. Why? Because she wanted her younger son to be the one who carries the blessing. Obviously, because she had heard a prophetic word from the Lord that the younger shall serve the, uh, the, the older shall serve the, serve the younger. So she was helping God's prophetic word come to pass. Glory to Jesus Christ. But she didn't know that her son he has, they has, they made his move long, long ago when uh, he, he, he exchanged the best price of Esau for food. The Bible said that she went to her son and told her son, uh, Jacob, that this is what has happened. The son was very afraid. He said, don't worry, I know the kind of food that your father likes. Look at this good wife, you should know the kind of food that your husband likes. You know what, when he eats oh, everything, he will, he's ready to forget everything. It can, the food can confuse him. What are you talking about? The Bible says that, so she prepared it, and then they, basically she connected with her son, and he went and he, uh, he, he, he took the blessing unto himself. Now, just after he stepped out, Esau came. And about that, he came with what the father, the shoe that the father had asked him to prepare. The Bible said the father began to tremble. And he said, Ah, is it you, Esau? I thought my first son, Esau, had just left I just left here. Ah, it doesn't. Thank you for showing us that scripture. Glory to Jesus Christ. And he said that your brother has supplanted you. He has come ahead of you and he has used trickery to obtain the blessing that you are supposed to get. The Bible says that Esau be- began to shake. Glory to Jesus Christ. And he said, that, Father, is there not another blessing for me? So he provoked his father to the point of making new pronouncements. Esau exclaimed, No wonder his name is Jacob. For, for now he has cheated me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn, and now he has stolen my blessing. May nobody steal your blessings. That's also the blessings that he's stolen. That tells you that what? Blessings can be stolen. I pray for someone over here. Anyone that has stolen the star of your life, the star of your dignity, the star of your prosperity, may God cause them to return it before the end of this conference. Listen, we'll be going to certain things in the coming days. For these days, I just want to really focus on the teaching of the word. So, for he took my rights as the first one, and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? Now, the man was able to provoke his father to the point that now the father who took a blessing and left him began to vomit other words. And that is what we see in the next, in the next verse, verse number 37. Verse number 37. Let's go on. Isaac said to Esau, I have made Jacob your master, and I have declared that all his brothers will be his servants. He said, I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine. What is left for me to give you, my son? He continued in the next verse. Let's go on. So here he told us about the blessing of uh, Jacob. But Esau pleaded, but you have only one blessing. Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and wept. As he began to weep, the thing touched the heart of his father. Verse number 39. Mm. Finally, his father Isaac said to him, You will live away from the riches of the earth. Is that your blessing? Is that your blessing? And away from the view of heaven above. Can you imagine that? A man is supposed to release blessings over his son. This is literally a curse. He said, You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. He said, but when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. Now, this is New Living Translation. 
If you are to read the verse number 39 and the verse number 40 in the message version, it will tell you that you will actually literally live from hand to mouth. You are not going to walk in the abundance, but at least what to sustain you, living from hand to mouth, is how you are going to survive. Isn't it the way most of God's children are living right now? Oh, before even the end of the month, the money that you, the money, <laughs> your salary is finished. Before the end of we are living from hand to mouth. If we are into business, we sell and we eat, we sell and we eat. That is the reason why most of the business of God's children do not succeed. Because while we are selling, instead of taking out the principal, they are just eating everything. So, if they were even eating only the profit, the business may, may be sustained. But people are living from hand to mouth. You can never prosper when you are living from hand to mouth. And that is the dimension of the just enough level of life. But God doesn't want us to stay in the just enough. Yes, just enough, He will take care of us. But He has a bigger vision for us. He has a higher vision for us. And that vision is in the more than enough dimension of life. In that dimension you eat and you still have some left which you save. You have some left which you can even give away to support other people. I pray that God will change your level today. I said that I pray that God will change your level today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you are living from the, uh, in, from the realm of just enough, your English will be louder than everybody else. Don't be there and be pretending because next day by this time something must have changed in your life. That's the, that's the reason the problem of many of God's children are bright. So when they are even in the house of God, in the presence of God, when prophetic words are coming, they are too proud because they think that somebody will see that hey, they, they are receiving it too much. No, you better receive it. You better open up your spirit and say that, Lord, I am taking it for myself. And then you are looking at me, hey, you say I'm not leaving your master. Whether they say it or not, if you are living from uh, the level of hand to mouth, it is whether you tell anybody or not, it is real. It is real. Be there let salvation kill you. Are we, are we together? I said, I pray that God will change your level today. And you move from the just enough to the more than enough. Listen, oh my goodness, let me not say this because. It, it, it was a blessing, but I also felt very sad. Look, there are some testimonies that we shouldn't even give up. We thank God for the testimonies. But there are some testimonies that it, 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 it speak about study, poverty. There are some supplies that God gives us. It, 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 it shouldn't be a testimony. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, today, today, maybe I, I, I'm trying not to offend anybody today. I'm trying not to provoke anybody today. I can say, you are looking for a lorry fare to pick car from here to Saka. And they go, and as I was wondering, I was speaking to Rakatoko here. And all of a sudden, a stranger appeared and said, it's a price to And they come, and they God has done it for me. Hey, God, Today, I want to change somebody's face. I want to upgrade your expectation of God. I was sitting there, and I was hungry, uh, and then all of a sudden, somebody came to me and said, I have a pack of papa here. Would you like? <laughs> are we together? I said, are we together? Am I, am I, am I provoking some things? Do you think this is a good message? Or you are angry at me. I'm like, I'm, I'm saying your matter. 
سمجھ نہیں اس مت ہمارے سینو بھائی ہے
Even us from the bottom of us, we have not even slept in a hotel before. We have not even been in the inside of a hotel before. <laughs> I was shocked some time ago when we served pizza and someone said, This is the first time I'm eating pizza. That is the first time for everything. I said, That's the first time for everything. And I wish you better. May God bring us to that dimension. I said, May God bring us to that dimension. Say, I'm rising higher. Say, I'm changing levels. In the name of Jesus Christ. You see, that is why these messages, I, I, I hope God will, send, will help me get there tonight. These messages are actually, are not from you. They are from God. They are from God. It is this message that will bring you into your place of abundance. Anytime God wants to do something, He starts talking about it. And today God is talking about the finances. I said God is talking about the finances. The days and the seasons of dryness are coming to an end. I said they are coming to an end. I just saw a young lady and you are dishing out money for it to your mother. Say, Mama, go and use it to shop. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, glory to Jesus Christ. She was saying, Ah, this is my vision. That by this time I should have been the one taking care of her that she shouldn't be going to work anymore. And she felt very disappointed in herself. That why? How come? I'm not seeing it happen. Hmm. That does sound like a conversation. <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. Glory to Jesus. But tonight, God wants some people who will be aggressive enough to take God at His word. And to test God by His word. And to push God concerning His word. And say that if you are God, then you are God enough. Did you hear what Esau said? He said, my father, the guy kept referring to him as father. He said, if you are father, it means that you are source. Don't you are, he, he was literally provoking the man. That, are you saying that as great as you are, you have only one blessing? Only one blessing? May God, somebody cross, provoke God. I said, may somebody provoke God. So there is a level of more than enough. And that is what God wants us to break in. It's a place of abundance, riches, and wealth. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 18. The Bible says that, that you remember the Lord the, thy God. You should not forget the Lord your God. For it is He that giveth the power to get abundance, to get wealth, to get resources, to be successful, to be great. Receive that grace now. I said, receive that grace now. I can receive that grace now. But you see, this dimension does not respond to I receive it, I receive it. <laughs> it responds to a covenant. Deuteronomy 8, verse number 18. Let's go back to the KJV version again. It says that then you will remember the Lord your God, that it is He that giveth thee power to get wealth. Ah, everybody look at me. That means that get wealth can be gotten. Oh my God, that, that's satire. That it means that you can get wealth. You can get wealth. Wealth is gettable. Let us think into your spirits. Who wants to get wealth? Are you sure? A wealth is for the world livable. 
It's for, own, uh, it's for people who are not spiritual. The spiritual people should talk about soul winning and we should talk about uh, that the rapture is coming and that we are going to heaven. Yes, Jesus is coming to here talking about wealth. <laughs> uh, Jesus, when Jesus comes, do you think that the cars will go to heaven? <laughs> so maybe the cars will go, you don't know. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Are we together? Are we together? Listen to me. God wants us to manifest fully His will on this earth before we go to heaven. Before we go to heaven. It is on the premise of a covenant. He said the reason why He gives power to get well is to establish His covenant. Meaning there is a connection between the power to get well and the establishment of a covenant. The establishment of a covenant. Just enough. You can pray about it. So you see, every time that you are praying that God give me money, you are just praying about just enough. At least that my dignity will be there. At least people, that, people see that my God has not forsaken me. <laughs> are we together? But if you are going to move into the realm of abundance, you need to understand the covenant. The covenant principles. What is the covenant? Let's go quickly into the scriptures. A covenant is a legal binding contract between at least two parties. And usually each party is committed to certain actions to elicit certain outcomes. So two people can come into an agreement and then based on the agreement, they will put some principles or terms in place. If you do this, I'll do this for you. If you don't do this, I'll do this to you. Or I'll not do this for you. So it is an agreement, a contract between at least two parties. One person cannot enter into a, a, a contract or a, an agreement or a, a covenant. A covenant must contain at least two people even involved. And they come to an agreement based on certain terms. And based on those terms, the contract is in operation. The, the covenant is cut. Psalm 89 verse number 34 establishes something over here. That God is a God of covenant. Now, our God is not just a God of heaven and earth. He's also described by certain things. Like, uh, during WOP, we spoke about a God of testimonies because He is actually the God of testimonies. He makes testimonies available to His children. It is one of the descriptions of His character. The revelation that you have of God determines the manifestation that you see in your life. Anytime God wants to reveal Himself in a particular dimension to His children, He shows them by His name. So when he wanted to let them know that he's a God that supplies all their needs, he said, I am not El Shaddai, El Shaddai. When he wanted them to know that he's the one who fights for them, he said, I am the God of hosts. I fight your battles for you. Are you understanding me? So God reveals himself. So by the revelation that they had of him, when he wanted them to know that he was their healer, he said, I am what? Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah Rufika, the one that heals you. The revelation of God that you have determines the manifestation you see in your life. When you don't know God as a healer, but you know God as a savior, Yeshua, he will save you, go to heaven, but you die of poverty on this earth. Because you don't know that he is uh, a go- he's, he's, uh, You die of sickness because you don't know that he's a healer. Are we together? Are we together? That's why some people are boldly going around and they are saying that healing is not, it's not, it's, healing is not compulsory for every child of God. Or healing is, the days of healing and miracles are over. And that's why they are not seeing any miracles. Are you understanding me? But we, we operate by different revelations. That's why we see miracles every day. I tell you, see miracles every day. Hey, may God forbid that sickness to kill you. Shaka Tabahaya. Ah, may God forbid. 
that you may hear a, a member of going and then cancer will kill you. God punished the devil. I said, God punished the devil. You'll be over here and then uh, ulcer, so much ulcer will kill you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That diabetes, uh, hypertension, we cast them all one by one. In the name of Jesus Christ. We believe in Jehovah Rapha. The God our healer. We believe in Jehovah Rafika, the God that healeth us. And he will heal you every time you need healing. I said, heal you every time you need healing. We are the ones who believe in the scripture that says that if the spirit of he that raised Christ from the dead, he lives in you. How many of you believe that he lives in you? How many of you believe that the spirit of God lives in you? He said he will quicken your mortal body. You know what quicken means? Give life. Oh, that means that if your body is dying, don't worry about the body. There's somebody who gives life. <laughs> my God, my God, my God. What the body say that, hey, Sammy, I'm dying, I'm dying. Then Sammy spirit says that, don't worry, don't worry. Life giver is inside you. Uh-huh. Somebody give him some praise. He gives life. He shall quicken your water body by spirit. That dwells in you. Now I'll give you if the Holy Ghost is not in you. Ah, what are you going to do? Let's go to America today. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, brother? What are you going to do, bro? When the Holy Ghost is not living in you, what are you going to do? Let's go to Pantelon. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, when then? then. <laughs> Hallelujah. If the spirit of he that raised Christ from the dead, he lives in you. He that raised Christ from the dead, he shall revitalize, quicken, energize, empower your mortal body. If he lives in you. And thank God he lives in us. After thank God he lives in us. After thank God he lives in us. Mm. So, one revelation you need to have about God is you are going to enjoy the covenant benefits. He is a God of covenants. There's more than enough dimension that doesn't respond to prayer. It's not a promise. It is a covenant. I so I shared with you when God revealed to Bishop David Oyedepo and he said that my prosperity plan for my children is not a promise. He said it does not respond to prayer, neither does it respond to fasting, but it is a covenant. You have your part and I have my part. You do your part, I'm committed to do mine. So prosperity is a covenant. You know, I said I've already told you what a covenant is. Covenant is what? An agreement. With terms and conditions. If God does not see to the establishment of the covenant, He's a liar. He's not a true God. He does not even have the power to change anybody's finances. My God, my God, my God. God, you are as big as you are, and you watch me to die in poverty. How? Rakap It is a covenant. Uh, it's a covenant. This is Powerman's struggle. Uh, and this Powerman's only way. But thank God. If I was a righteous man, of course, I didn't say, will rise again. But me, I won't fall. What are you talking about? We just said that song. It's the Lord that keeps it. And he never leaves me. My God. <laughs> you see, I, I, I will preach at a very high speed. So in between the things that you didn't hear, I've said a lot of things. 
I've sent the son in answer. My God, my God, my God. Somebody said, I am the fastest rapper. He said, oh, so we didn't hear anything. It's because your ears to hear fast. But those who are fast ears, they have exactly what I said. My God, my God. May God give you fast ears. And for this evening, I wish God had said it. Psalm 89 verse 34. He said, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. This is God speaking over here. He said, I am a covenant keeper. My covenant will I not break. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 20 to 21. Thus fear the Lord. This is even talking about the strength of the covenant. How unbreakable is the covenant of God? How solid is the covenant of God? Jeremiah chapter number 33, verse 20 and verse 21. Glory to Jesus Christ. Verse 20 and verse number 21. He says, if you can break my covenant of the day and covenant of the night, that it shall not be day and night in their season, then also my covenant, then also my covenant be broken with David my servant. That you love this, have a time to rain. Look at that. God is saying that, is there a day in your life that you woke up and there was no day and night? <laughs> so he says that if you wake up one day and there is no day and night, then you know that my covenant is broken. But as certainly as there will be a day and a night, God's established covenant is dependable. As it's dependable. As it's dependable. Let's look at the verse number 25. Verse number 25. Thus fear the Lord, if my covenant be known with the day and the night, if I have not appointed the ordinance of there. So he's trying to tell us that what he has said earlier, he is letting us know he has a covenant with the day and the night. And that covenant cannot be broken. That covenant cannot be broken. Listen, I wish somebody would hear and understand what I am saying. In this covenant, God is a covenanter. And we are the covenantees. Because in a covenant, there needs to be a higher authority and a lower authority. And so in most biblical covenants, the higher authority will uh, promise protection and preservation for the lower authority. Usually it is between kings. The king of a greater nation will enter into a covenant, cut a covenant, and mostly it is black covenants. Usually they use uh, sacrifices to indicate that the covenant has been cut. And the lower one will promise that I'm going to give you certain offerings, I'm going to give you certain taxes, I'm going to be there to support you whenever you have to go to war. And I'll give, in some cases, I'll let some of my people be slaves to, your, to you. And then, in exchange for that, you protect me, you bring me into a, a portion of your prosperity, and whatever I have enemies who are greater than me and uh, they, they want to harm me, you promise that you come and fight for me as though we are one people. So, that is how covenants were cut back in those days. Back in those days. And God is letting us understand that He is a covenanter and we are a covenantees. Now, how dependable and how strong is the covenant? It is based on the character of the covenanter. If you go and enter a covenant with somebody who is dubious, they're obvious, you know you have nothing. It's just a mirage. It's just a shadow. He's going to turn against you at, at, at any point in time as soon as something changes about his life. But God has two distinct characteristics that make the covenant strong, solid, and dependable. Number one, God's character is stable, unwavering, and trustworthy. 
Malachi chapter number 3 verse number 6. He said, For I am the Lord, I change not. I am the Lord, I change not. Somebody will say, I am the Lord, I change not. So God cannot change. So when he says something, he sticks to it. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18. That's the second strength of the covenant. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. He said, by two immutable things in which it, it, it was impossible for God to lie. So it is impossible for God to lie. And a covenant is a promise declaration. It's a promise declaration. So because God cannot lie, that means that His covenants are dependable. His covenants are dependable. His covenants are dependable. If you are in a covenant with God, you can go to rest. Because it will settle your peace and it will move you from the just enough level to the more than enough dimension. Receive grace now. Now, quickly, we are, we are gradually getting to the end of this message. Now, if we are in a covenant, somebody may ask, and rightly so, what are the terms of the covenant? What are the terms of the covenant? It is in this dimension that we will begin to understand seed faith. What do we mean by seed faith? What do we mean by a seed? It is part of the terms of the covenant. Your seed is what activates the covenant of abundance and multiplication. In Genesis chapter 8, you read from the verse number 20 to the verse number 22, just after the flood had destroyed the earth in the days of Noah, and God had shown favor to the earth and was restoring the earth, you see God introducing a principle over here. The Bible and Noah built an altar unto the Lord. Uh, Genesis 8, 20. And he built an altar unto the Lord. And he took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Let's go on. <clears throat> And the Lord smelled a sweet savour, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again cast the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I have done. So God gives a promise based on a sacrifice that uh, Noah engaged in. Noah gives some burnt offerings, and now all of a sudden God begins to vomit some things. Now, he now gives us the principle in the verse number 22. So for while the earth remaineth, seed time and what? Harvest. Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. The harvest is the abundance that God has made available for us. But it is connected to the sea time. It is connected to the sea time. Did you notice that the Bible does not say sea time and harvest time? He did not say sea time and harvest time. Do you know why? Because God's harvests are always available. Our kingdom is never in lack. We never enter into, enter into recession. We never say that our economy is breaking down. The economy is always stable in heaven. Heaven is always full of abundance of life that it needs. May God release some for you. Is it a sad thing that there are some who need it even more than some of you here, but they are not here tonight. But don't worry. It's the principle in the end. The rich get richer. <laughs> and the poor get poorer. May God cause you to operate from the dimension of riches. May God cause you to keep increasing. 
I don't know, but I just saw an angel of the Lord enter into the room, and I heard, as soon as the angel entered, I heard somewhere at the back, multiplication, multiplication, multiplication. And the Lord told Abraham, He said, With blessing will I bless you, and with multiplication will I multiply you. May God bring multiplication to your resources. Today you have one shoe. Next year by this time your shoes are going to multiply. Today you have one clump of milo. Next year by this time you have a whole container. Receive it right now. I said receive it right now. Whatever is in singles in your life or is in limited quantity, by this angelic visitation that I just saw, I pronounce multiplication. As I pronounce multiplication, as I pronounce multiplication, if you have one land, get ready for multiple lands. If you have one house, get ready for multiple houses. If you have one uh, one bank account, get ready for multiple bank accounts. Receive multiplication. I said, take it right now. I said, grab it right now. Somebody jump to your feet and scream, I take it now. I saw the angel enter and I had multiplication. I heard multiplication sounding from the back of the auditorium. May the God who is able to take a single and multiply it. May he manifest in your life. After may he manifest in your life. Jesus took five loaves of bread and two fishes. And look at the miracle that happens. Because he's the God of multiplication. I see God multiplying you now. God created one man. And now we have over eight billion human beings upon the earth. I see God multiplying you now. I see God multiplying you now. God picked one family. I call Israel. Now we have millions of them all over the world. Because he's the God of multiplication. He said you shall multiply and you shall increase and you replenish yet. Someone say multiplication. Your, 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 your faith is so little for me. Say multiplication. Listen, the message I'm, speak, I'm sharing with you is for those who are able to grab it and are hungry and are angry for change. Hungry and angry for change. Sit down for a few minutes. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, your seed activates the covenant of abundance and multiplication. Without a seed being planted, you cannot expect to have it. You have a plain field, you have not put any seed in the ground, and then you come after six and say, Hey, where, where, my, where are my yams? Where are my, where are my beans? <laughs> where, what else do you plant? Maize. No, no, no. We will call you a madman. And truly, you are a madman. We have not insulted you. We have just described you. Because you have not planted anything. So, there is a covenant. I'm just, by the time I'm done, you are going to understand the terms of the covenant. The terms of the covenant. You see, if we say that God is a God of covenant, and He has a covenant of prosperity, that's the title of my message, the covenant of prosperity, we need to understand what are the demands and the dictates of the covenant. Other than that, we are just making a lot of noise, and I'm not helping anybody here. If you don't know your path that you are supposed to play in it, and what is the path that God plays in it, what is God's path? God's path is to ensure the harvest. His path is to ensure the harvest. Listen, without a seed being planted, you cannot expect harvest. God's path is to send the rain. God sends rain, which brings about the harvest. In the book of Isaiah chapter number 30 verse 23, you see a scenario that the prophet, by the Spirit of God, shares with us over there. Without a seed in the ground, the rain remains useless to the harvest. 
You have not planted anything in the ground and God keeps sending rain. Is there anything supposed to grow? Nothing will grow because there's no seed over there. There's no seed over there. So God's path is intact. Oh my God. In the covenant, God's path is always intact. God's path is always in abundance. God's path is always available. If you do it in the middle of the night, He will still supply you in the middle of the night. If you do it at noonday, you supply you at noonday. If you do it at 6 p.m., God is at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Banks, the banks of earth close. But the banks of heaven are always open. Kabbalah has shut us. They are always open. They are always open. Human atheists say they do 24 hours. Sometimes go, they say money has finished. Oh my God, my God. They said our natural failure. But there is no natural failure in heaven. I said, there's no natural failure in heaven. I said, there's no natural failure in heaven. Somebody give the Lord some praise. He's always trustworthy. Isaiah, as I said, verse 23. He says, so shall he give the rain of thy seed. <laughs> this one is a very important principle. Every seed has its rain. God does not lump the seed together and just for any rain. Every seed has its rain. So, if you want a particular kind of rain from God, you need to know the kind of seeds that you sow. I cannot go into it today. Maybe we, as we go through, the Lord will give me grace to go into the particular seeds, the amortizations, and the rains that come on there. There's no single seed that is the same. So, for instance, somebody says, oh, I sow the seed on Sunday, so this week I'm not going to sow any seed. No, the seed on Sunday has its rain. And the seed of Saturday has its rain. The seed of tithe has its rain. The seed of fresh fruit has its rain. The seed of prophetic offerings has, 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 has its own rain. So, so shall he give the rain of thy seed, that thou shalt sow the ground without, and bread of the increase of the earth. So you see, when you sow, the earth will not begin to bring increase, and it shall be fat. And it, shall, and it shall be fat and plenteous. In that day shall thy cattle feed in large pastures. After the rain has come upon your seed. You are telling the Lord, Lord, you promised me prosperity. He's also asking you, have you played a part in, your, in the covenant? Have you played your part? What seed is in the ground that you are looking for harvest? And it's, it's, it's Ecclesiastes has so seven times, eight times. You don't know which of them. So it means that all of them, their growth are different. Oh my God. Their definitions are different. Me, I've given, I've given, no, 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 no. There are some seeds, eh, they take 10 years to mature. There are some seeds, 3 months they are up. There are some seeds, 7 days you start seeing germination. There are some seeds, if not for 10 years, you don't think that there's hope. Look at the baobab tree. It is not like any other plant. But when it grows, it lives longer than all of them. You, you see, the reason why you are doubting is because your heart is not with God. And you did not believe God, so you are doing trial luck. But if you truly believe, your heart will never be shifted. Your heart will never be shifted. Your heart was shifted because you did not give your full heart and you did not fully believe. And so when you are not seeing certain physical manifestations, you say there was no manifestation. But if you truly believe it will have already manifested in your heart, it's just a matter of time for it to appear physically. 
That's why you cannot enter into the kingdom without first seeing the kingdom. <laughs> Is it? Some cannot clap because they don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when Nicodemus came to Jesus, said, what did he say? He said, except the man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he, the next two verses say, except the man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus told them that the kingdom is in your heart. You have to see it. So can I tell you something? If your money is not in your heart, you cannot get in your hands. If the substance, faith is the substance of things you for. Oh. The evidence of things not seen. So I can have a house in my heart. The materiality of it, <laughs> it must start from your heart. It must start from your heart. Why are people losing their hearts? It's because their heart was not from, with God. And you know the reason? Their heart was not yet fixed. You must have absolute confidence in the covenant, in the covenant work. The Bible says a double-minded person cannot receive anything from God. Why am I not getting anything from my sighting? Now am I not seeing any change? Ask yourself, how, how often have you been double-minded? Are we learning something over here? I told you that I want to focus on because sometimes when we start ministry, the whole place becomes very giddy and people don't end up forgetting things. So for this conference, you see, money is important. Prosperity is important. Are you understanding me? If I pray for you, you don't get healed, I can pay for you to go to hospital. If I have money. Are you understanding me? <laughs> but if I don't have money and you are not healed too, then you are dead too. <laughs> The Bible didn't say healing and said, was that money and said, or thing? <laughs> you see, it is a poor who keeps saying that, you see, we have rich people and they have sickness in them, but they are enjoying life more than you. You are, you are strong, you are stronger than us, but you are suffering. Yeah, rich person, everybody has their problem. Poor people have their problem. Rich people have their problem. I want the rich people problem. I like you. Because we have agreed that everybody will have a problem. Uh-huh. So, uh, you have to choose your problem. I don't choose your problem, somebody. <laughs> are we together here? Now we can problem the one. Rich people problem. Everybody has problem. Have we agreed on that? So, and we are... <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Mm. Now, they used to say that it's rich people who suffer from hypertension and diabetes. You go to the whole clinic right now and go and see the number of poor people in the land with the BP sicknesses. Sick 
the Lord they can sleep. Uh, yeah, they are thinking about their money. But, but, but the poor people, they can't sleep. They are hungry. They are thinking about their stomach. So, everybody cannot sleep. Which kind of they cannot not sleep do you want? Come on, come on. Oh, I got it. receive that grace now. He said, I lay before you life and death, blessing and cancer. Choose one. God is always about choosing. And he said, I've made it available for you. Choose. What do you want? So today it's about what, what do you want? Oh, I said, what do you want? I said, what do you want? Choose. It's a choice. I said, it's a choice. I said, it's a choice. Excuse me, let me tell you something. The exciting thing about the life of faith is that it's always about a choice. It's always about choice. It doesn't matter which family you are coming from. It doesn't matter your background. If you are from a hard background and you come to the place of revelation, now you have to make a choice. It's a choice. It's either you eat the fatter cow or you go and work in the fields. Choose one. <laughs> Let me continue and finish this message. Are you understanding me? Listen, and I'm not saying this for excitement. It's the reality. It's truth of God's word. When I found this years ago, I decided that I am going to be rich. I decided that the days of lack, and if he, now, guys, I don't think about, there were days I was, my goodness, hello, how are you, bad? Credit me, no, so, and no, so. But there are some of you over here, I call you, I, we speak for 30 minutes, one hour, two hours. Mark up. If you cut, we'll call again. <laughs> Somebody said, that, hey, you've never called me for 10 years before. Because you, uncommon yet, they can't. So you better develop your uncommonity so that we can talk more. What is it? Because we can talk more. Uh, that was the idea, the idea, credit after calling us. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. That's all. Amen. Oh my God. Here is a joke. I beg you. Before all the people are for you, amen and amen. 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 Come on, here, Bobo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Glory to Jesus. Give a glory of praise to the Lord. Let's end this. Let's finish this. So, there are terms. There are terms. There are terms. He said, You give the rain of thy seed and abundance will flow. Look at Noah's sacrifice at the altar. It activated a covenant. 
it activated the covenant. So in uh, Genesis chapter 8, Noah gave an offering, burnt offerings, and God began to speak from the verse number 20. You go to the chapter number 9, that is where you begin to see God vomiting blessings upon blessings upon blessings. And the same blessing that he gave to Abraham and he gave to Adam in Genesis chapter number 1, you see him repeating all those blessings in the life of Noah. The seed, the altar given, it activated the, the abundance of the covenants. And said, I'm going to multiply you. The same thing he told, he told Abraham. The same thing he told uh, Adam. So, your seed, seed and others. Let me summarize something over here. What are the terms? The covenant is between at least two people. And here, God is one part and we. And when I say we, I don't mean we collectively. We individually. So I'll tell you why. Your prosperity shouldn't be dependent on the church. No. You can have a poor church and rich members. And you can have a rich church and poor members. You can have a poor pastor and rich members. You can have a rich pastor and poor members. You can have a rich pastor and a poor church. You can have a rich church and a poor pastor. Listen, in the realm of the spirit, and nothing is in muscle. Everything, we are struggling together but individually. The Lord told me something today. He said, every one of us, we are on the journey alone. Even though we are going together. Even though we are going together, it is an individual thing. Oh, I'm from this family, Master. <laughs> You'll be there. Then you realize that your DNA are not the same. <laughs> your, your fingerprints are not the same. Even your eyes, they are not the same. They are not the same. Glory to Jesus. So, one, we are in a covenant. Two, they are parties to the covenant, us and God. Three, there are terms of the covenant. What are the terms of the covenant? What is God's part? Number one, God's part is to provide rain. Isaiah chapter 6, 5 and 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not either, but watereth the earth and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So God gives two things, rain and then he gives seed. In fact, three things, rain, seed and bread or meat. So God's part is to provide the rain. The rain is for the... In fact, I should have given you the first, second one first. So he gives bread and meat. Sorry, bread and seed. And then he gives the rain. God is committed to supply our needs. That's why I told you that there's a level of just enough. The wise will realize that the level of just enough is actually a place where they can make a decision to move from there. Whatever you receive at a just enough level is supposed to help you break free from that level and move higher. When you rise up in this revelation, you realize that even your salary is not what you are supposed to live by. Your salary is a seed. Your salary is a seed. Oh, that I give my tithe. Listen, that is basic revelation. When you grow up to a certain point, you realize that your salary, whatever God gives you as a result of your labor is actually a seed. And when you give that seed, now you move to the point of living by the blessing. And the blessing can provide more than your salary can provide. Your blessing now moves you from the realm of salary to income. If salary is limited, income is limitless. Income is limitless. If my brother over here is my boss, and then he pays me, he pays 5,000 Ghana cities a month. 
it, for him to change it, he has to do a lot of calculations. He will not easily change it from 5,000 to 50,000. At best, 6,000, 7,000, 5,500. If he is trying to be benevolent, star 10,000. So that is a fixed salary. But income, if everybody over here, God somebody somehow touches us, and everyone is giving me thousand, 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 thousand. If I blink, I close my eyes and open, I've got ten thousand. His five thousand has still not come yet. Because he's waiting for the end of the month. And if you look at him, he won't wait to the last minute of the end of the month. And before he returns, and the request to the bank. <laughs> I'm just joking. Glory to Jesus Christ. So God doesn't want us to live on salary, He wants us to live on income. When there's income, supply can come from any direction. It can come from any direction. Somebody has said, don't watch plan your streams. Yeah. That is one of the blessings of this conference. The Lord said, I don't watch five streams of income. Yeah. Your salary will not be your only source if you know how to function by the covenant. You will be there and you realize that in a particular month you have only 100 Ghana cities. But then somebody can give you a bag of rice. Somebody can give you gallons of oil. Somebody came to give you the latest shoes. Somebody came to give you the latest watch. Somebody came to give, pay. Somebody said, ah, I have an accommodation. I'm moving to Tokyo. Come and stay there for free. Somebody, they say, things begin to work. Things begin to move. That is income. That is income. I was talking to one pastor friend of mine. He said that, me, I don't know, but it looks like I should do fine. Because now once some pastors see me, now I people are bringing, are bringing envelopes and letters. And <laughs> so I asked my friend, I'm like, I, I look like a, a very rich pastor. He said, oh, you, it is like bridge on your forehead. My grace, I tell you, we have learned to access that grace. The grace is available, but access is what is lacking. And I told him that, well, he was saying that we bought everything now. But he didn't know it's just some graces and wisdoms. Some of the things that you see, please, it can put money for this way, but we didn't pay a dime for it. We didn't pay a dime for it. Go somewhere, somehow, move people to get them and give it to us. Now we can have a full setup in one auditorium, full setup in another auditorium. Without being funny, <laughs> may God bring you there. Oh, somebody did an email like that. Start. Amen. I said, may God bring you to that place. Amen. If you are not laughing and, and smiling and as you are saying, I, I know your amen, there's a sickness in it. I said, may God give you that grace. <laughs> I've just got three, six. Amen. But today they are healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. Let me end this so that we can close. It's the you people are making me, when I get excited about the situation like that, yeah, it's a problem. Anyway, so rain. Rain. What is that rain? The Lord told me three things. Number one, the rain comes through the teaching of the word. Deuteronomy 32 verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 2. He said, my doctrine shall drop as the rain. What is doctrine? So that means that when God wants to upgrade you financially, one of the things He sends you as rain is the teachings. 
So somebody rain is coming on you now. He said, my speech shall be still as a dew, as a small rain upon the tender head, and as the showers upon the grass. Listen, I don't need to come now and come and start prophesying to you that you are going to do it. The teachers I'm teaching you right now, they are prophecies. They are prophecies that the rain of abundance is coming away. Is that my speech shall be still as a dew, the prophetic words. And then number three, the commanded or the declared blessings. Those are the rains that God sends. The commanded and or the commanded or declared blessings. When they begin to move, everything else begins to respond to them. So you plant one and go and realize you are having a hundred growing at the same time. You make a little effort and abundance comes out of that effort. You see help coming from everywhere. Isaiah chapter 5 verse number 10 and verse number 11. We read the verse 10 right now, 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth. The prophetic word. The prophetic word. Like right now, as we were praying, as we were, I was ministering, I told you I just saw an angel. And the an angel said, multiplication. That's a prophetic word. So, a rain has come upon you. A rain has come upon you. Is it? And now, is there seed in your ground? So, the terms of the covenant, the rain, and then the provision of food and seed from God. Now, what is our part? What is man's part? Number one, obedience. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Obedience. You must decide to be obedient to the terms of the covenant. God is not looking for many things from us. He's just looking for obedience. If you are willing and obedient, you will feast like kings. And number two, sow your seed. Simple. Sow your seed. Sow your seed. Seed time harvest. Genesis 8.22. Second Chronicles chapter 8 verse Chapter 9, verse 8 to 10. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Rain. That you always having all sufficiency towards, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work, abundance. Now he puts the next verse, the verse number 9 in, uh, in parenthesis, or he puts it in brackets, meaning it's an explanation of what he has said. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor his righteousness remaineth forever. Now, verse number 10. He that ministers seed to who? The sower. He ministers seed to the sower. Look at that. He ministers seed to the sower. Is the sower who is supposed to sow? But he said that he is the source of the seed. There are two things that are being planted over here. God is planting into your life and he wants you to take what he has planted into your life and plant again. And plant again. Both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed soon and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Increase the fruit of your righteousness. People of God, giving is a covenant activator. Giving is a covenant activator. It's key requirement to access the power for wealth. Without revelation in this principle, you will always walk in lack. You always walk in limitation. The principle is that anything that God gives you, there's a part he has given you to give away. One of the reasons why this church we keep doing well is because any money that comes to us, there's a portion to give away. There's a portion that doesn't stay in the ministry. There's a portion that goes out. You see, if everything that you have stays with you, it cuts your supply. It cuts your flow. Are you understanding me? It cuts your flow. The principle is that there's a portion that must go. It's a mystery. It does not make sense. 
the natural man says that save, and then you get, and then you increase. But this is a spiritual principle. Give, and it shall be given to you. Press down, shake it together, run it over. When God wants us to give man access to every, every tree, He said every tree for you, but there's one, don't touch it. So all the trees are available, but one, don't touch it. Cain and Abel, they all came with an offering. It was that the path that must be given out. Abel became greater because he had, so your wisdom, can I tell you something? Your wisdom is to know which one you are supposed to give away. The Bible says, you, you withhold it more than its meat. Meaning there's a path that is meat. There are some times, even after your tithes, there are some things that should still not stay with you. When they stay with you, they turn into a curse and they start fighting everything around you. They start fighting everything around you. So you are like, ah, I have given my tithes. Why is this not happening to me? Because maybe at your level or at a, the place where you have gotten to, or based on the things happening around you, God may want you to give out other things. But you see, the reason why we don't want to give out those other things is because we are stingy. And so we are trying to be legalistic and say that, oh, we've done the tithe, and so everything else doesn't matter. What you need to function by is the ears of the Spirit. There are some of us that the Lord is telling me we should have been greater than we are now, but we were not listening to Him. We are not listening to Him. So it seems as though His faithfulness has become limited in our lives. Behold it more than is meat, tender to poverty. Tender to poverty. Listen, your wisdom is to know which one to give away. Sometimes it could even be 40%. Sometimes it could be 50%. Sometimes it could even be 70%. Sometimes it could just be the 10%. But you have to be sensitive and generous enough to be able to give out. He that watereth shall be watered. He said, The seed that giveth away, and yet gathereth much. And the seed that withholdeth more than his needs. Are we together? As are we together? Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 to 22, and chapter 9, verse 1 to 17, we see Noah giving out. out of, did you notice something? Do you know that the, the number of animals that were with Noah for the whole world, they were just few? And yet, out of the few, <laughs> he gave out of some of the few. In fact, I've always been wondering, so if there was just a male and a female, and he gave out that one male, <laughs> how did that, that, those particular groups of animals multiply? Are you telling me that 40 days they give birth and they grew and then they... And on 20 days in the water, where, where they were on the... Something supernatural happened that we have not yet thought about. It was about a took of every clean animal, every clean beast, and gave them as a bent of it. What if he took that only female in that particular group? Yes, every one of them multiplied. Their multiplication was not because they were male and female. It was because God blessed them in chapter 9 and said that I'll bless you and I'll multiply you and you'll fill the whole earth again. Listen and learn the principles of the Spirit. And when you are silent, it's as though you are either you are thinking about the things that touch you or you are like, what is he talking about? 
Abraham. Genesis 14, 18 to 20. He's met Melchizedek. What told him that 10% of whatever it is should be given to him? The wisdom. Right? It's a part that needs to be given away. Isaac, Genesis 23, verse 25. He built an altar. Give out. Jacob, Genesis 28, verse 18 to, uh, verse 20 to 22. He wrote up, he poured oil, he gave out something. You see, this people always giving. David, Second Samuel chapter 24, 22 to 25. He said, I will not offer to God anything that costs you nothing. He gave out. Where did Solomon learn how to give from? He learned it from his father. So Solomon also, Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 6. And all of these things are prosperous people in our kingdom who discovered the wisdom of the covenant and how to activate the terms of the covenant. Listen to me. We have come into their blessings. We have come into the blessings of Abraham. And the same covenant that made them prosperous, that covenant is available for us today. That if we are going to pay heed and be obedient, Obedience to the terms of the covenant, the supply that they enjoyed, that supply that they are available for us as well. May God migrate you into that covenant of abundance. You are going to prosper in whatever you do. You are going to prosper in whatever you do. Say in the name of Jesus. Say, my Father, tonight, as I lift up my voice and as I pray, the wisdom to know my path in the covenant, I lay hold on it now. Give it to me now. Lift up your voice and begin to pray.
We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezaokolipa.com or call 0546-36-3957. God bless you.